Hey folks, welcome to another episode of the High Power Archery Podcast. Yeah, another episode of the High Power Archery Podcast. Those of you who follow us on Instagram and have read the website kind of had the impression, as I had the impression, that we weren't going to be doing this anymore. But lo and behold, things have changed and we are still going to be doing this, only in a little different way. And we're going to get into what's been going on and all that. But I have a special guest with us today. One half of the off-center archers, Anthony's with us. Uh, welcome to the show, as usual. You always bring your little piece to it. Well, what's going on, man? It's been a while <laughs> for both of us when it comes to recording anything. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I yeah. haven't had a podcast since I don't think it was like maybe October was the last one I did. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, things were going crazy back then, and I can only do a podcast like every couple of weeks at the time. And then everything just went to um, – and this is staying clean. I'll try to remember that. It's been very hard since I haven't done one of these in a while. And I'll just say that uh, things went to hell in a handbasket really fast between the health mm-hmm. situation, my divorce, which was so bad and still ongoing. Uh, a lot of different things happened with me, and it got to the point where I didn't think I could give the kids what they needed or the customers, as you, as you will, the ones who were coming in to get bows done, stuff like that. I didn't think I'd give them what they needed. I'm a hundred percent person and not for nothing. I, I just couldn't take it anymore. I was like, you know, if I can't do things with the kids the way I want to do them, I can't, I'm having to limit my time now. Like what am I going to do? Pick and choose which kid's going to be this week, which kid's going to be next week. And I kind of like said to myself, I just can't be responsible and do this enough on on a level that's going to be helpful to them. That's why I kind of said, listen, I'm not going to do it. And I made that post, and I talked to you on, on Messenger and all that. And the I just like to say to everybody who's listening to this, the outpouring of messages and emails that I got over that were – I never thought I'd get that many from people. But a lot of people the, – the it all ranged the gamut from people who were, you know, sorry to hear that it was going to end this way and other people who were like flat out like, you can't do this. You know, it, they're like, you, gotta, you can't just drop everything. You've got to keep going, find some way to do it. And I did, you know, I mean, I, I talked to a few people, whatever, talked to a couple of my students. One person very close to me told me, listen, if you want to do something, do it the way you want to do it. Just despite everything going on, you know, do what you can do. And I know you guys got some stuff going on and all that's made it hard for you, you know, to, to keep your oh, yeah, podcast definitely. going. And it's like, you got to keep your priorities up and what people don't realize, like we do this, not for money. I, I don't do this for money. We don't do it for money. We do this. No, 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 no. Actually, people will probably take money from me if they heard me talk. <laughs> you know. We, we do this for the, for the love of archery and what we do and trying to bring people together in this whole thing. I mean, besides running the dealership that I have, and like I said, with COVID kind of screwed us up and all that, um, I have a full-time job I'm dealing with. I'm dealing with health issues at the same time. Bad ones that I won't get into too much here on, on this thing. Most people who know me know what's going on with that. It is getting mm-hmm. better you know, um, but not being able to move around as much and not for nothing feeling in the dumps and in a whole bit like the whole world is going to drop on you. It just does a lot to you and puts you in a very, very dark places sometimes. And, you know, trust me, I had lost all this weight, you know, during the COVID thing. And all of a sudden now I gained like another 40 pounds or something like that. So I got to lose all that all over again, all, all that craziness, but trying to get back to what we're going to do. And that's what I'm doing now. Um, so, like, you guys have been away because I, when, when I looked on your website, I'm like, well, there's nothing new from them either, you know. And then you told me some of the stuff that was going on. 
So I'm like, this happens to people. And, you know, some people emailing me like, well, what? just try to get find time to do one here or there. You know, we, we want to hear it. I'm like, life comes first. <laughs> there are some priorities we have to do. Um, I actually told people when I started this, I will do this as often as I can do it. The thing is that if it interrupts me working with my students or interrupts me with family and stuff like that, I can't. But then when everything just came together in the wrong way, it just got really, really bad. So that's why I did what I did. But um, now the good thing is we're back. And I'm back in a different format. Um, so, like, you, you, your job, your job is crazy right now, you were telling me. Um, my yeah, job is the shipping insane. industry. <laughs> yeah, the shipping industry right now is absolutely chaotic. We can't get enough employees, and I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say what company I work for because that would probably be a bad thing for me. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I, I mean, you, you see all this stuff that's going on in society right now, and people just don't understand exactly how much relies on any form of the shipping industry. It can be package shipping, food items, whatever. And in every aspect of the shipping industry, it's struggling. Everything from drivers to loaders to guys like me who spin wrenches to make sure these trucks are running. We can't get enough people at any of the companies. So it's just been six days a week, 50 plus hours a week for a couple of months straight. And, you know, then the holiday seasons came in and then my whole situation that happened with me when we got hit by the, uh, the dummy in a freight liner is a nice way to put it. Oh boy. Um, which kind of screwed up my shoulder, and that's what actually kind of caused the big pause in our podcast. Yeah. No, that's completely understandable. And I think that's what I want to make this podcast about today, which is mostly, you know, getting back on the horse and starting things. Because a lot of people find it that if something happens, particularly with injuries, you can just, like, stay off it and, like, uh, trying to get back to what you were doing before. Some people just don't do it. Some people like, oh, I'll do it tomorrow the next day the next day or something like that and before you know it it's years gone by and you haven't done anything um so that's oh, yeah. that's one big thing you know with me it's like with now that i got to lose all this weight again in a whole bit it's like well i can start tomorrow no i can start tomorrow no i can start the next day if you do one of those things like that it's not going to work either now i had started putting all my own stuff together i'll explain what i'm going to do different in the business but I started putting all my stuff together. I got my new bow and all that, and it was sitting there for a couple of weeks, and I'm like, i got to put this thing together. Okay, fine, whatever. Start building it and all that. Got the new stabilizers, got the whole nine yards. Um, I got these great axle stabilizers they came out with, whatever. A little strange looking, but great feeling when you shoot them and the whole thing. But get all that together, and then like this morning, I get up at 5.30 in the morning, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to go take out the garbage or whatever. Start walking down the stairs to, to the basement to go get a garbage bag down there. And I got wood stairs. Yeah, bad idea to walk with, walk on those things when it's uh, you got socks on and it's cold in the morning. Because I slipped on the third step. I came down, Ooh. hit it. And then like a, you know, a, a Roadrunner <laughs> cartoon, I bumped every single step. I mean, literally slid like a roller coaster, hitting myself on every other step all the way down to the bottom, and then slammed into the wall. Um, oh, geez. So my hand is all blown up. <laughs> my left foot, my toe looks like it should be be on a corpse in a morgue. Um, it's really, really bad. I'm hobbling around. But I said, 
if he's testing me, trying to figure out if I'm going to give up, it's not going to happen. So I've been walking around in pain all day long, but I'm going to keep going. Um, a lot of people were asking me, like, well, what was such a big deal between, you know, not having the time to, to do to work with the kids and all that? Yeah, that was that was part of it. One thing I'm changing now is I'm pretty much all coaching focused. Coaching, coaching, coaching. I'll do a few bow bow setups for people here and there. Mostly for students is what I'm going to do. I'm not doing too much of the customer side of it anymore. And a lot of people don't get why I wanted to stop doing that in the first place. I got people mailing me stuff from outside the outside the state. They mail them to me. I tune them up. I send them back. No big deal. Those people mm-hmm. have no expectation of a timeline. They, they said, send it to me, get it to me back in a couple of weeks, whatever. Fine. That's fine. But it's the people who are local that started driving me crazy. Because if I tell you I'm busy and you bring me the bow and I tell you, listen, it might be a couple of weeks before I can, you know, a week or two before I can get this thing done. And they tell me, yeah, no problem. I tell them straight up. That's what it is. Or you can go somewhere, someplace else and see if they can fix it for you, whatever. Because they're bringing it to me in the middle of the hunting season. I'm like, uh, yeah, it's going to be at least two weeks. <laughs> you know, and, and then everything's an emergency. So I'm like, it's going to be at least two oh, weeks yeah. before I can get to this. Okay, fine. The next day, they're paging me. They're, they're, they're messaging me. They're calling me 20 times like, is it done yet? And I said, I don't know if you didn't listen to me. I said, I can't get to this and can't get it completed. Okay, fine. That buys me a couple of days, and then they call me constantly, text me constantly. That drives me nuts. That literally oh, yeah. drives me nuts. It, it drove me to the point where I had like five or six of those going at the same time. And I'm working, <laughs> working my real job at the same time. And I'm like, yeah, 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 this, this is no good. And I would actually tell them, listen, if you can't wait, come pick up the bow, whatever. I haven't touched it. I won't charge you for it. Just go take it back. No, they don't want to do that. So I'm like, all right. That's when I finished the last bow and I just said, I'm stopping. And that pissed a lot of people off. But I can't help it. It's like, I can do only what I can do. Not for nothing. Like I've told people on many different podcasts, if you need something fixed in the middle of the hunting season, it's not the time to do it. Do it in the springtime when nobody's like lining up and stuff like that. It's craziness to try to do it in the middle of October. It just doesn't work. Um, I agree. People (laughs) that do that during the season or they come in like two days before, it's like, why are you doing do you not have the idea of prepping? This is, this is the wrong timing. I know. It's completely insane. Um, and then the other thing that kind of got me more motivated to keep going was, you know, when when you uh, when you cut everything off, you have a lot of extra time to, to do some stuff. You didn't realize how much extra time you had. And you start perusing YouTube. YouTube, YouTube, YouTube. If you see some of the videos, and I know you have, some of the videos mm-hmm. that appear on there, of people who are so-called know-it-alls or not for nothing. If they, what makes it, you tell me your opinion on this. If someone is doing a video and they're recording in the shop, why do people automatically think that these people know anything that they're talking about? Because the stuff I hear and the stuff that I see them doing, I'm like, you have got to be insane. The the things that they're, it's (laughs) crazy. It's uh that's how society is being driven, in my opinion, right now. I mean, everything is social media related, and whatever they see, they seem to believe. Yeah. And, you know, you see so much of this stuff like, oh, I just put the arrow rest on, I did my 13, 16, and look, I'm shooting bullet holes. And meanwhile, if you look at the clock in the background of the video, yeah. three and a half hours has passed. Uh-huh. Yeah. So either, 
you did a quarter turn of a third per 15 minutes on that arrow rest or something, you're just not telling the truth. Yeah. So I, I've seen those videos. I've seen videos with guys who are, you know, telling people how to shoot and everything. And like I said before, if you want basic instruction videos, about the only one I really trust for that is like John Dudley go watch his knock on videos. And his stuff is mm-hmm. pure, tells you how to do it. You know, at the same time, he, he he knows that there's no such thing as a pure form. You know what I mean? You're going to have to alter it for some people no matter what because no two people are exact carbon copies oh. of each other. So they can't shoot exactly alike. And you that's what I've always done. I've always tailored the form to the person to make it so that they can be consistent and do it all over again. But some of these guys that I see on these YouTube videos just drive me insane because, I mean, the things they're saying, I'm like, and I'm not going to mention names or anything like that, but – it's that. It's when they come out with new products. How they're saying this is going to make everybody a better shooter. Oh yeah, I do backflips over those. I'm. It, it's just bad. So one of the things that I decided to do was I said I'm going to keep coaching the kids. I'll do their setups and stuff like that. But I'm going to create a YouTube video archive that has how to do everything from the basics. Now, granted, I am not a video production expert. Not my forte. It's not what I do. But I've got the camera, which I'm still. I got to contact a few people to find out what's the best video camera records video and audio all at the same time. But um, I got the camera, I got the audio, I got all that stuff going. So I'm going to start from the bottom. Like, here's your basic one. Let's take your measurements, how, how to do measurements on a bow and a whole bit, how to tie a D loop, how to do this, how to do that. I'm going to be very careful what I get into. Like, I'm not going to get too much into how to, you know, form and how to shoot. Most people have enough mechanical problems with their bows that the basic videos will help them fix it themselves without having to drive eight hours to a shop or something like that. Because the more and more people that contact me, you find, I find out from them, like, here in New York City, there are four shops here, not counting myself. There's four shops, and they're in each of the boroughs, whatever you call it. Um, but we take that for granted sometimes. They, Some people have to travel for hours to get to a decent shop, or one they'll even see them. I can't personally imagine how they do that, but that's what they do. So a lot of these people, they, they want to learn how to do the stuff on their own. And that has its good and bads. You know that. I mean, right? you've ever seen people working on bows who think that you can spend three grand on equipment and all of a sudden you're a, you're a master bow technician? I mean, seriously. In New York City, we have a lot of cases of that. We have cases where people just say, oh, I'm going to buy everything online, do it, everything else. They watch a couple episodes of Outdoor Alley and they're master experts all of a sudden. I'm like, for real? <laughs> this is what you're doing. And the only thing uh, I love that couch. That's the automatic reference. I love that. <laughs> well, you know, that that's the only thing so far that's good with all this social justice stuff and all that. I think she's been hiding because I haven't heard a word out of her <laughs> lately. So it's like, you know, a lot of her stuff now seems to be on TikTok and uh, it's it's like, oh look, she's in a tree. In a saddle again. Okay, cool. <laughs> Never shows like anything. I mean, granted, now some of the, uh, most of these companies, if you show the shot on the animal, they'll instantly ban you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I think my profile on uh, TikTok, it's the same thing. It's like the off center archers, whatever. Yeah. And we have a hundred and forty thousand followers. Yeah. I've been banned fourteen times. Wow. All of the videos are me and my buddy Arthur and the, the group of guys that I go with shooting to 3D? the 3D archery events. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting banned because people are reporting me shooting foam animals. Wow. No one's taking into account like, wow, that, that, that pig stood still. It didn't even move after it got hit by that arrow at that speed. Cause it's <laughs> fake. It's like, well then, when, you know, 
I'm going to take the kids to a Reinhardt 100 that they're going to have here in the springtime. And I want to see if they ban me from my Instagram or something like that when we take a picture next to like one of those eight foot ogres that they, they put up on there for, for giggles. They have these, these big funny targets and stuff like that. So if you shoot, if you are going to ban me for shooting a goblin, I get, I guess there's goblin rights too. I have no idea what these people think. I really, really yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, that, that happened to a bunch of the people I know here. They went to the one in Homer, Georgia. Yeah. And as it, no one got banned for any of the videos on the American course, uh-huh. nobody, the African, course. but as soon as they hit all, oh, as soon as they hit the African course, my buddy, the first video he uploaded is like the 50 yard bomb shot on the giraffe insta ban. It was like instantly. He like uploaded the video and two minutes later he was like, oh crap, I'm banned. I was like, well, you need to submit an appeal. I'm like, and then put down foam animal, you know. He's like, it says in the description, look at the size of this foam target giraffe. I'm like, well, someone reported you because I didn't bother reading. It, so, it, it I mean, all it, comes down to a bunch of misinformation and people will be like, oh, instantly he's shooting a giraffe. Like, um, when's the last time you've seen a giraffe in Georgia? <laughs> I mean, seriously. Yeah, exactly. It, it's just exactly. craziness. You know, it, although there are certain outfitters that I think would bring anything into the country. So I, you know, I don't put anything against anybody. Uh, you know, they probably, would I think try. most of these people are just watching tire, uh, tiger King too much. <laughs> Like there's not tigers everywhere in the U.S. Just because they seem to have them in Hillsborough County, Florida, and Texas, doesn't mean the rest of the country has that type of crap. Wow. Yeah. yeah. No. I. They. You know, some of the stuff that I see, and I'm like, some of the stuff I see on Instagram alone, like you got the grip and grins and all that stuff on there. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. fine. Um, how some of those don't get automatically banned, I don't know. It's like their algorithms, or they have people just actually looking at them, and you know just arbitrarily selecting what they want to ban and what they don't. I don't know how any of that stuff works. Uh, I'm in technology and how those companies work. I got no clue. YouTube is the same way. YouTube will look at your video and ban it for certain things. Um, There's one guy I know of, they did a a video on, uh, on shooting, you know, release, release techniques and stuff like that for archery, not for guns or anything like that. And they took the video down because it's some way that he did the release talking about triggers and stuff like that. I like, um, yeah, yeah. For real? <laughs> you to do that too? Yeah, yeah. The, apparently one of the new algorithms for YouTube, according to my buddy who has a YouTube channel, um, it actually will narrate your video. Uh-huh. And if it finds specific words like shooting, a trigger, um, I think he said one of them was like trigger travel. And he happened to say trigger travel and reset because he's used to shooting guns. Yeah. And it was like, boop, video got demonetized got set to private and he had to submit an appeal. Like this is an archery video. Wow. He's, and they were like, Oh my bad. Sorry. And they instantly re put it back up. But <laughs> in the process of him waiting four days for the appeal to go through, he lost all the views. The, yeah. He, he lost. No, no, it was still getting views because after 24 hours, they took it out of private, put it back in public, but they yeah. never remonetized it. Ooh. So he lost four days worth of money. And meanwhile, it ended up being like 14,000 views. Wow. So, you know, and the whole thing, like I'm not doing the YouTube to make any kind of money or anything like that, but I want people to be able to have like some kind of library they can access where they can see stuff and how it's done and all that. Um, or at least the way that I do it, because I believe in the, um, kiss method, keep it simple, stupid. So Mm -hmm. I, I have, I'll show like five different ways to do the same thing. Pick the one that works for you and that you can hang out with and do the easiest. That's the one you use, you know, because everyone Mm -hmm. says, well, this is my way of doing it. 
Okay, great. There are people out there who can't do it that way. Maybe they don't have the, you know, the flexibility in their hands to do it. Uh, I've taught people who have serious arthritis how to tie D-loops in, how to, how to serve in peeps and stuff like that. So there's different ways to do it that'll work. So I'll put all those up there and, you know, let the chips fall where they may. If people need to watch them to do this, whatever, fine, great. Not looking for views, looking for if my students need to know how to go do something, fine. One of my listeners wants to learn how to go do something, there, go look over there. I put all the podcasts that I have, most of them, up there already. Um, we don't have that many subscribers. It's like two and change or something like that. It's not not a big deal. But um, and I'm not really after subscribers. I'm after just keeping a vault for everyone to see all the stuff that they need. That's all I'm doing. But hopefully I'll get better at doing the videos because just trying to put one together is like a nightmare. But uh, then you got to get past YouTube and upload it. they got to approve it. It's a whole other deal. But uh, it is what it is, and that's what we're going to do. But um, a lot of people kept coming back to me saying, you got to keep going. you got, you got to get it going. My kids are relying on, on you, you know, listening to you. And personally, I want to hear you yell at people on, on the thing. I'm like, oh, oh, so you missed the yelling. Like, well, yeah, that's what kind of what we miss. We miss a lot of the yelling. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. I can bring that back happily. <laughs> that's not a problem. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we got messages like that, too, to like, you know, because uh, like a lot of the people that were listening to us when you, me and you first got associated with each yeah. other and became friends and everything, yeah. I was like, yeah, you guys got to go check out Angel. <laughs> I was like, I'm just a dummy, loudmouth, black sheep of archery. Angel actually has skills and can explain this stuff. <laughs> I can explain my dummy method of how my form has to be different because I've broken my left hand like four times and yeah. I have nerve damage in my thumb and whatever. And, uh, and then I'll get messages like, Bro, come on, man. People are missing podcasts. We ain't getting podcasts from you. We're not getting podcasts from Angel. And I'm like, listen, I, I have stuff going on in my life right now. I mean, that, a lot of this happened like right after the wreck at work. Yeah. And, you know, I know what was going on with you personally because me and you were buddies and yeah. stuff. And mm-hmm. I'm like, listen, Angel's got some life situation stuff going on right now. And they're like, oh, what's wrong? I'm like, I can't tell you that. That's up to him to say stuff. But he's got some stuff. He needs time. Trust me, I was like, neither of us want to stop doing podcasts, mm-hmm. first off. I was like, but we don't do our podcast to make money. This is our hobby. This is for fun. We do this to get some information out there. We do it for, you know, do it to have a good time. Yep. And I'll get a thousand questions about, oh, come on, you're going to do one this week? And I'm still getting messages like that. And I was like, like all right, yes, yes, I'll start recording again. I'll explain why I've been gone and the whole nonsense. And I mean, I, I, I feel extremely gracious that people like listen to me because I'm just the average guy who likes to make jokes about a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I always tell people like, you know, because people have written comments like, oh, I don't understand why this, this guy's not a pro. I've never claimed to be a pro. <laughs> you know, I've gotten the, well, you, your front hand grip is incorrect. Did you listen to the part where I said I broke that hand four times? Uh-huh. I've fractured my thumb on my left hand multiple times. I'm a mechanic. I have nerve damage in both hands. Most likely, I'm pretty sure right now I need carpal tunnel surgery in both hands. Wow. Because my, my hands go numb constantly. But that's 20-plus years of using air impact guns and whatnot. Yeah. But, uh, you know, and it's like, oh, you shouldn't listen to him. I never said you should listen to me. I'm just saying what I do, what works for me. And if it happens to work for a dude who's in like construction that shoots a bow and fine, it works for them. That's cool. You know, and uh, it, it, it's amazing how people just rage out over, over stupid stuff. 
No, I know. And and it's like they, they don't see the other side of it. They don't see that putting these things together, yes, we do them in, in a short amount of time. You know, even after like when I record a podcast, it still takes me about half an hour to an hour because I don't do much editing just to get it uploaded mm-hmm. and get it labeled and numbered and get it out there and published and a whole bit. And that one hour or something like that takes a lot away takes a lot away from stuff that I could be doing for other things and technically away from my students, my family, that sort of thing. But I do it because this is what I like to do. Um, right. I, I got to tell you, I mean, the, like you said, the number of people that reach out to you, they're like, hey, what, you know, you think you can do something with this? I said, fine. You know, I'm and then a couple of people that have been messaging me. I mean, one. OK, legit. There were some people who were who were who were saying, you know, sending me messages and emails, that sort of thing. They're like, you know, we could hear in your voice that you didn't sound really good in the last two podcasts. I'm like, well, that's true. And, you know, and they started to worry me on comp- worry about me on completely different levels. You know, like they, they knew I was in a dark place. They're like, you know, don't go do anything crazy. And I'm like, I'm not there yet. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I'm, good. <laughs> I'm like, I, I, I'm crazy from what they've said about me but i'm not crazy on that level to go doing something that nuts um oh yeah well, we've gotten that too where you know we'll get the you know oh you haven't recorded and immediately people go to the worst scenario is everything all right with you and steph yes yeah. everything is fine with me and stephanie yep. As a matter of fact stephanie's like even stephanie's business with shooting skulls and whatnot uh-huh. stephanie's sales are through the roof i can only imagine so Oh, and she's made a name for herself, not in just the archery community, like the duck call langer. People yeah. love her. And I mean, all it's, it's insane. So there's just so much stuff. And, you know, I have to keep reassuring people like, no, trust me, the, the only negative that happened was me being in that car wreck for work. Yeah. Everything else that's been going on in my life is just life situations and nothing has been negative. Relax. Everything's cool. Nothing's wrong. My marriage is fine. Stop being negative. You know. It has nothing to do with that. Yeah. And it, you know, it, but like I said before, I mean, it's, it's like one of those, you feel like gratified because we do this for fun and people are listening. And then all of a sudden they have like this relationship with you because you know, like for us, especially ours is like conversation based yeah. mm-hmm. and people will, will constantly say how they almost forget that they're, they're listening to a podcast and not just, you know, people in a conversation, they'll try to interject and they're like, Oh, I feel like such a dummy. Yeah. I'm talking to myself in my car. I'm trying to answer the question. And I'm like, you know, that, that, that's a great feeling for, for us and stuff. And, you know, and it, it, I don't know, man, I mean, we definitely have to get back into it. I mean, I've, the conversations we have had lately between me and you have yeah. been helping me with my situation with the weakness I have in my left shoulder yeah. now. And, and, you know, and that's the whole thing. I mean, everyone needs to try to, you know, they got to come back on their own schedule. They got to come back in their own way that works for them. You just can't do it because you, because other people are telling you, you got to do this, you got to do this. If it doesn't work for you, it doesn't work for you. You got to do in your own time, in your own way. And yeah, yeah. The one thing I will say about you getting the, the shoulder injury and all that, maybe you should talk to uh, Jack Wallace. I'm sure you might run into him that where you live every now and then. Um, because he, oh, I've, I've, I've already spoke to Jack yeah. and um, I'm going to, I mean, Jack is awesome. And so Sharon, and if anyone can help me get through the issues I'm having, it's going to be Jack. He was run over by a truck, too. Of, <laughs> oh, my God. He got cut out of his vehicle. I, I, I could have nightmares if I look at that video, yeah. that, that photograph of his truck. Mm-hmm. But, uh, 
you know, I, I've spoken to him and stuff. He's like, I tried this. And he's the one who gave me like a lot of the recommendations of um, the, the certain therapy exercises that they were yeah. doing with resistance bands, the stretch and hold and time it and then put, add rotation into the rotator cuff to get it yeah. stronger and this and that. And, yeah, you know, he warned me. He's like, it's going to take you a year. Yeah. to get strong where you're going to be consistent again with your performance. And I'm like, that is such a bummer. <laughs> I went from shooting at every 3d being 10, 12 up. And now I'm like, why am I 18 down? <laughs> like, Oh my God. Well, you, you know, it was funny. Like when, when I was feeling not so great, whatever, a couple of weeks ago, we decided to go to Lancaster archery, which is over here in Pennsylvania. And um, they have the techno hunt over there. So oh, yeah. I'm, I'm feeling like shit, whatever. I brought my trad bow with me, and I've been shooting trad a long time. And I said, I'm just going to shoot the trad bow. The girls brought their uh, compound bows. I'm thinking I'm going to hang with them. You know, they never did a techno hunt before, dude. They doubled my score. So I'm like, oh wow. You know, I think I need to pick up a compound again. <laughs> I need to get <laughs> back on the horse. I've been <laughs> I've been out of the game for too long. I got to do something. And they're like just laughing their asses off. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, I need to do oh, yeah. something for myself. You know what I mean? But uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's been me. I mean, I'm just trying to get back on the horse of like shooting it. Like my EBL is not here. My EBL was sent back to PSE. What was wrong with it? Um, uh, the, the typical uh, me being stupid. I should have just bought a black bow like I normally do. Yeah. But I bought that Sandman edition one oh. that's completely tan, top yes. to bottom, and within like three weeks, the paint was coming off the lens. Yeah, it, probably something happened to him in the bake or something like that. But uh, they'll fix. Well, that. I told them they were like, "Oh, it's going to take a month or so to get it back to you with the beige." I'm like, "You have black in stock?" They were like, "Yeah." I'm like, slap black limbs on it, send it back. I'm good. I don't yeah. need it to be painted. It's fine. Yeah, so, exactly. And then the only other bow I have here is my inertia, which is insanely aggressive and 74 pounds and whatever. And With a bad but, shoulder, you don't want to do that. No, it, it, that's, just, that's such a strange part of it. It's not the pull weight that bothers me so much at all. Like, I can pull the 74 pounds on the inertia, no problem. But that bow is physically extremely light. Even with a 12-inch stabilizer in the front and three or four ounces on the nose, with a sight on it, that bow is probably four and a half pounds. Okay. No, maybe maybe five. Um, whereas the Perform X there weighs more than my oh, yeah. inertia fully loaded. Yeah. So that's where it's the mass weight of the bow that's actually doing it to me, where I can feel like a pinch happen in the front of my shoulder, which is where the the steering wheel made contact yeah. with my arm, mm-hmm. and that's what it is. I feel that twinge at a certain ex- a certain spot. Um. That that's actually what's causing the problem. It's actually the mass weight of the bow. It's not pulling the bow. I mean, I could pull the sixty pounds back on yeah. the perform like it's butter. You know, it's just which shoulder the mass got weight up is what's killing me. Which shoulder got messed up in the accident? Oh, my left. Your left. Okay. My left. Yeah, so my that, left. Shoulder. That would explain because that's the one that's hinging when you're pulling back the bow and all that. That's the one that the bow is actually hanging off of. So yes. yeah, yeah, I yeah, yeah. It. So that that's why you need something probably lighter or anything like that. Which the Supra, the Supra's a very light. Well, I consider it a light bow, but I run the forty, and that's a big ass bow anyway. Um, well, the, the uh, when I looked at the specs yesterday, the forty inch is still nine ounces lighter. Oh yeah, than my perform because it doesn't have the cage so the which yeah right yeah which would be like me taking my back bar off completely so. 
it, I mean, my, my side assembly is not heavy. You know, I have a CBE, yeah. um, site with a bow finger. So my entire site is only like 12 ounces. It, it's completely buttery light. Yeah. It's just the physical weight of that bow. And then I got the, the, uh, AAE pro blade, which is not really a heavy rest, but it's actually surprisingly got a lot of weight to it. Yeah. Um, plus the 30 inch bar in the front and the 12 inch bar in the back and whatever. But I, it's somewhat something about the, the difference of the nine pounds it, is just <laughs> wrecking my arm. Oh yeah. Uh, that's a lot to be putting on a bad shoulder up front. That That is a lot, mm-hmm. a lot, but, uh, uh, well, if you if you decide to change it, then let me know. I told you what I can do for you on the super, or whatever. I'll just go and get you one. That's not a big deal for me mm-hmm. to get them. Um, bows are hard to come by these days, only because they take so long to make. I mean, thankfully, some of the manufacturers are getting back on track with production times, and they don't have such crazy production times. But uh, right. there's still a lot of them that are, I mean, everybody's coming out with something new. Hoyt came out with all their new stuff. PSE came out with one or two new bows. Um, that's what goes on with them. And, you know, mm-hmm. one thing of being out of the game and for a couple of months is, like, when I got back, because I'll tell you, for, like, two months I didn't look at YouTube or anything having to do with archery because I was too focused on everything else going on. And then I start looking, and I'm like, what in the heck happened here? Because every single gadget came out. Bomar came out with, like, another five things or something like that that he started started making. He's, he, he's got... Oh, the peep twist thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's something that's been that's around right. for years, by the way. I mean, years. We were doing it with pieces yeah, of yeah. D-loop. You know, stick a piece of D-loop, burn off both the sides, stick it in your string, go on it to twist your peep. It's not a permanent Yeah, G5 thing. made one like yeah. 10 years ago that looked like a little ball bearing. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I mean, there was a whole big ordeal, too, because I think it was uh, Total Peep was saying, oh, we're the ones that invented this first. And then I posted the link to the G5 ones because I had them <laughs> in my bow 10 years ago. I'm like, yeah. no, you didn't stop it. You know, and wow. Like, oh, my God, someone else made these. I'm like, yes. Like, so <laughs> you guys aren't the originals just because Bomar happened to do something. I'm like, you know, and I mean it's so funny how people are like, Oh, I made that first. No, you didn't. Yep. There's been stuff around since like the nineties that just the new stuff is just a newer version of it. I even said it when he came out with the nose button, like you don't, you didn't come up with anything new. You just found a way to mass produce them and make them easy to put on bows. Cause we used to tie, we call them snodders and we used to tie the, you know, just serving on, on the string until we can put our nose in the same place. Every time he came up with the additional mm-hmm. idea of putting little spikes on there and all that. And I've seen people shoot them completely improperly too. And they're wondering why it doesn't work for them until I straighten them out. Like, well, this is how you should be using it and not how you shouldn't. Um, but like everything I don't know, else, man. You can just do it the Tim Gillingham way. Just put that string so hard against your nose that there's just a natural groove in your nose after 20 years. <laughs> and that's not to knock Tim. I love Tim. I've had conversations with Tim that I just sit there like a dumb little child. Like, there's so much information. This is wonderful. You know, he is probably you can completely geek one of the out. nicest guys you could ever run into. Just be prepared to oh, spend yeah. a lot of time talking to him. Because he's yeah, it's you. amazing. I, I, I had a simple question for him, and he, I mean, literally a question like me and you can talk, and you yeah. can give me the answer in like 30 seconds. Yeah. Like, he almost gave me like a physics explanation of it. Uh-huh. You know, and it was like the stupid thing. What was it? Oh, the arrow building. Yeah. Because I really wanted to start, you know, this is, I'm getting into 3D and whatnot, and, you know, I, I really want to start learning more about just, not buying pre-fletched arrows and uh-huh. doing all my own stuff oh, back yeah. like five years ago. And he was like, no, 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 no. You got to put them on a spinner and you got to spin them. And then you could see which side wobbles more and then you cut each side. And, and I'm like, 
wow, there's that much detail to it. And he just, it went like a, a 30 second conversation turned into like 10 straight minutes of the theory behind it and how you could turn a, a 6,000th arrow into almost a 1,000th arrow. Oh, yeah. And I'm just sitting there with my mind blown like a dummy, like, wow, this is awesome. <laughs> I could buy cheap arrows and they could shoot like the good ones. Oh, yeah. All right. You know? <laughs> and a lot of people, like, I, I sell Black Eagle, and a lot of people don't realize that Black Eagle has, like, the straightest arrows that, you know, out of the box. They don't have that much runoff on them and all that. So when I mm-hmm. tell you know, they – the fact is a lot of people come to me and they have a budget to work with. They, they don't have gazillions of dollars to spend. And they're like, I need something that's going to work for me, but I can't spend a ton of money. So they have gone to another pro shop or something like that. And they're like, well, what do you mean? $250 a dozen arrows. I'm like, uh, Oh yeah. That's what you're going to run into a lot of carbons and the setups and all that. I'm not even talking target. I'm talking hunting arrows. Uh, and I said, uh, no, uh, listen, if you're, if you're obsessed with the thin arrows, you're going to pay a little bit more money. If you want to get standard arrows, 204 or something like that, you can get outlaws, you know, cheap. They're mm-hmm. inexpensive. And, yeah, but they're all 005s. I'm like, all right. And that's when I, I sit them down. I literally have a little stool that I sit people down in and I said, give me two minutes of your time. And we have the talk. Uh, and right. I, and I tell them, I said, listen, the 001, the 003s, the 005s. Do you know what kind of a difference that makes to you? Absolutely nothing. Because yeah, I've said that to people. Because <laughs> at your level yeah, of shooting, I've, I've it that doesn't make a difference to you at all. Said, so, but the fact mm-hmm. is, you know, if you're a 31 inch draw, maybe you got to worry about it a little bit because that runoff, you're gonna be using pretty much the entire length of the shaft that comes that way. But if you're mm-hmm. like a 28 inch draw, you're cutting a good couple of inches off that thing, so you're gonna take all the runoff anyway. You know, we're gonna chop it down, whatever. And you're going to be fine. And after that, you know, people say, well, that's a bad business move because you're selling them, you know, lower end stuff. I'm like, no, it's not. I, if the guy, you know, trusts me because I do the right thing for him and tell him how to do the right thing, he's going to keep coming back to me. Personally, if you want to go and spend $300 on a dozen arrows, knock yourself out. More power to you. Mm-hmm. I just don't feel yeah, comfortable, yeah. you know, telling somebody, here's a $300 set of arrows and here's a $100 set of arrows and um, you should buy the 300 bits because it costs $300 and makes you feel better. I'm like, I don't feel comfortable right, doing no. that. But there's a lot of that going around. There's a lot of new products that came out. I mean, craziness new products that, that came out besides the Bomar stuff. Um, who is Who came out? Was it Trophy Ridge or something like that? The, they just came out with a brand new React One Digital or something like that. Yeah, yeah, Trophy Ridge. I saw that, and Steph just looked at me like, "No, you're not buying another site." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, come on, man!" I was like, "This is the ghetto version of the Garmin. I want it." <laughs> I wonder how <laughs> much it costs. I haven't looked at the price yet, but I'm afraid to ask what it goes with. You know how much it? It'll well, I mean, what it reacts normally or what around two hundred? Yeah, this has got to be about. So I mean, now. if it. Yes, I mean, yeah. That's why I was figuring like three, and she's like, "No." I was like, "My HHA costs more than that." <laughs> like, I need a, and, and of course, that's my excuse. Is right now the inertia is not together. It needs new strings, and I'm going to be dropping it off to Jeremy down here at Archery Shack. Uh-huh. Cause, uh huh. Because now Stephanie's business has also expanded into Archery Shack carrying our products. That's which good. is fantastic. That's great. Um. So. And I was like, you know, you know, I, I need I need a site now for the inertia because everything's on the EVL. And she just looked at me like, no, because you have the spare wheel that goes on your HHA. This way you could just slap it right back on the inertia. And I'm like, dang it. She knows about that. 
like, man. Wow. <laughs> you know, and it, it became one of those, you really want to go back to Trophy Ridge? I had nothing wrong with, like, when we first started the podcast, that's what it was. It was like, all right, I'm trying all the, the budget-friendly stuff. So Trophy Ridge, True Glow, you know, and out of all the Trophy Ridge stuff, nothing I've ever shot has ever beat the peak. Yeah. Like, I never, I shot the React. Well, I shot the original version of the React. Yeah. And if a site weighs more than my HHA Tournament Edition Kingpin, <laughs> it's too damn heavy. Like, that thing was like, I just strapped an entire Cadillac to the side of my bow. It was so heavy. Yeah. So, I didn't like that site at all, but the Peak was like one of their best sites I ever used. And I kept telling people that, and it, it, like... It, that's why, I mean, I, I mean, I've never really found a lot of bad problems with the Trophy Ridge stuff. Some of the True Glow things, I think one of the sites from True Glow I didn't like, but the Micro Bright that they were selling that had the uh, three different size pins on it, it had yeah. a 29 uh-huh. for the 20 yard, the 19s and the 210s for the, yeah. uh, the 50 and 60. But, you know, I, I seen that new Trophy Ridge and I, I was just like, ooh, I want to try one. I haven't like just had the urge lately to buy anything new. Yeah. And then of course I start watching the ATA videos and then the new Epsilon from Hamski. Yeah. Uh, their new arrow rest. I was like, okay, that's got my attention because I like the primer. My buddy's got the primer on his bow, but it's huge. It yeah. takes up too much room. Every like PSE or something. Most of the time you got to back it up pretty far because that right side of the whale tail was always hitting the riser and whatnot. And this new one now is a curved blade. And I'm like, Ooh, look, it works on a PSC. Sweet. Yeah. That, that's the one thing I changed on my bow too. I used to shoot the AA pro drops for everything. Um, I don't shoot lizard tongues for target. I shoot drop away rest for target and everything. Um, because I'm lazy and I actually trust them more than I do lizard tongues. But, uh, for, for both my target bow and my, my hunting bow, I went and I got the, uh, Oh, what the heck is it? It is. It's their top of the line uh, hunting hunting rest from 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 them. Um, Trinity, yeah, the Trinity Trinity Target Pro, and I got the the other Trinity uh, Hunter Pro, and those things literally they they're, they they got a one of the guys did a YouTube video. He's like, you know, you can take this off your bow, you can hammer in nails with it, put it back on, nothing will, nothing will happen to it. And I looked at it when I first got one, and they are built like tanks. I, I don't oh yeah, to, they are. I don't have to worry about anything on them. Ball bearings are sealed the right way. It's got support everywhere. So I really, really liked it. And people were like, I thought you shot AE for all all this time. I said, Yeah, but like I tell you, I'm not sponsored by anybody. You know what that means? I get to do what I want. Exactly. <laughs> I go ahead and exactly. One of these on there. I put it on there and it solved all my problems. I'm like, fine. I didn't get to go hunting this year, but it solved my hunt my hunting problems because now my bow doesn't have the the rest popping up on me all the time because the cord is stretching or the cable's breaking or something like that. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it solved a lot of my issues and the way that they have their little adjustment thing where I can just slide it up, make my make my changes, slide it back down, not having to take everything apart again. That was perfect for me. So those things have changed, you know, but the, the gimmicks that came out there for all the stuff, like I said, the Trophy Ridge, I'm interested in seeing what they want to charge for that sort of thing. I think Lancaster has them already. I haven't looked on their website yet. Um, it's mm-hmm. an interesting concept. Uh, I don't know if it actually works depending on whether or not you're using a non-standard arrow configuration because it goes off your speed on the chronograph. Like, yeah, that's going to work for some people. No, I, I, I don't think it actually does that. 
is it still has your standard knob wheel. Yeah. It little you set the twenty and then you move your mark to the sixty, and when you get your sixty, you program your sixty, and then it visually oh, so moves it can do as you turn yeah. the dial. Because I saw yeah, yeah. I saw one video with it, and the guy's like. Well, you can just put in your speed once you set your 20 and sets all your other things for you. So I guess it guesses it. And for him, it was working. I guess. You know, and the other ones are just manually set in. This comes up. My whole thing with any kind of digital display is if your battery goes and you're in the middle of a hunt, you are screwed. <laughs> so what yeah, are yeah, you yeah. supposed to do? Well, that's just, a, that's, you put a sight tape on the other side. That's the weird part to me, yeah. too, is, you know, you have so many of these states like Utah now has banned trail cameras. Uh-huh. You have so many states now that are just straight outlawing anything digital when it comes to do well i shouldn't say digital anything electronic to uh-huh. do with hunting guys with bows can't have accessory lights like even if i was out there with my hha i was, wouldn't be able to have their their sunburst light or nothing yeah. on the on the bow because it, it's a fine yep so did they just produce a site that is already going to be banned in like utah and colorado and most of those you know mule deer elk states yeah Exactly, and I had one guy who didn't believe me when I told him. I said, "He, no joke, to go on a ranch in somewhere in I think it was Arizona. He paid seventeen grand to go on a five day hunt for elk out there with seventeen thousand dollars." Okay, wow. I told him, I said, "You can't go with this bow if you shoot it the way it's set up because PSCs with the Evolve Cam, you can switch it from eighty to ninety percent let off." And this guy always had it set on 90. I said, you can't go down there with this like that. They have, in different states, they have laws where the maximum let off you can have is 80. And he always has his bow set on 90. He says, I'm going to a ranch. I'm not going to have a problem. I said, dude, if you get caught, you're going to have a big problem with both the fine, you might lose your license out there, and even worse, they're going to take whatever animal you get. He goes, no, we're on a Mm -hmm. private ranch. Okay, fine. Still got to report the animal. Day three. Day three. It's funny how you said that because day three, he's he's out there. He gets an elk. No problem. They packed it out. They did everything. They brought it back. They report the elk, right? When they got back to camp, they had whoever fishing game was over there. He was just checking mm-hmm. all the guys who had checked in. And then he goes, okay, folks, we got to check your bows now. And he had the seven hunters who were there all line up. He took their equipment and he took out, took out the scale and he read them on a scale that said Lancaster Archery. <laughs> Those ones that they sell oh, over there. Jesus. And <laughs> his bow and two other guys came up at 90% let off. The fine Jeez. that he got for that was unreal from what he's telling me. Because then it started him looking into other things. Like, oh, you're using this broadhead. It's not allowed here. They nailed him with everything. Oh, that's yeah. Some of them states don't allow mechanicals either. And guess what he was using against my better. Uh-huh. <laughs> I said, I'm not sure if it was Arizona or Utah that he went to, but I know he got banged for the mechanicals. I know he got <laughs> he got banged for, for the 90% let off. He got banged for everything. Jeez. So he told me the total between the fines and everything like that, that he got hit with. He spent, like, another $1,500 on fines and everything. He says, but it was worth it because I got my animal. I'm like, yeah, um, I'm not so sure about that. Yeah, no, I, I don't know. I mean, me personally, I would rather just take the risk, fly to Utah, buy an over-the-counter tag, yeah, and pray I get something instead of spending 
almost 20 G's for one elk. Well, this is the same guy who's planning on spending 50 G's on a, on a sheep hunt in a couple of months or next year or something like that. I'm like, what is wrong with these people? But hey, if that's your, if you got the money, that's what floats your boat. Knock yourself out. Go do what you want. Oh yeah. You know, yeah, I, yeah. I got plenty of guys to pay on these, pay to go on these big trips and then they get absolutely zip. They get nothing. So I'm like, no, yeah, yeah. Well, know, I mean, that's also that whole uh, thing on the on the internet when it comes to any sort of hunting, archery, or gun wise. The, the whole it must be nice mentality. Yeah. I mean, if you got that type of money, do you? I don't care. I, I think I just like right, like things to be rough. <laughs> so <laughs> that's why I'm like, oh, I get to spend fifty dollars on an OTC tag. Sweet. I'll oh, yeah. I'll spend the five hundred on the flight and. You know, I get to go out in Utah wilderness for a week. Cool. All right. Nice. You know, I mean, four years ago, I had, a guy, sp- I had a guy sp- spend, uh, I think it was like $9,000 to go down to Virginia and he shot a 141 over there on a, on a farm that's exclusively, you know, 130 inch and bigger bucks. And he shot oh, wow. a 141. I'm like, okay. That same year, like a week before he got back, I, I was in Westchester and I shot a 158. Ooh. On public right. land, I'm like, um, yeah, I didn't spend nine grand. <laughs> I'm all good. I get to spend my time out there, and no, nobody put me where I was supposed to be sitting. I had no trail camera. That went in there and looked at trails and shot the buck. Came out same day. Bye bye. <laughs> you know what I mean, but nice. some people can do it on their own, and some people can. And if you got to pay for it, you got to pay for it. But like I said, you know, today's day and age, you got to save your money to do things. It's a different mentality. And then, of course, he's posting his pictures, you know, the grip and grin on Facebook and all that. I'm like, yeah. You know, and I said to him, like, you know, one of these days people aren't going to like that sort of thing. A couple of years later, uh, you can't do that anymore. But Yeah, uh, no, not at all. It, Any sort of thing you get banned for now. <laughs> Facebook has just gotten so weird and so is Instagram and all those different things. I'm like, oh, I don't know what to do with these people. Yeah, anymore. but it, it doesn't help that a lot of the, the companies even that are involved in hunting yeah. are just following a trend. You know, if someone wants to call out now and cancel you, they're going to cancel you. I mean, it's it's so stupid. You watch athletes out there who were some of the most elite hunters in the world, yet the wrong group of people see their posts or videos or whatever, and all of a sudden people are losing sponsorships. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, it's it's society and the people that run the companies have no backbone to just stand up to it and be like, no, this is what we pay them to do, uh, you know. Yeah, you know, in, in the time that I've been gone, I listened to a couple of other people's podcasts and stuff like that. Um, and I've heard some things that, like, you know, it's one thing to get upset with the stuff that you're hearing. But if you don't have a voice so other people can know that you're upset about it and that maybe what they're saying is not right, there's nothing you can do about it. So that's another reason why I'm bringing this back because – I heard a bunch of craziness that was out there, and I'm like, you know, I've got enough content to do podcasts for the next two years based on all the nutty stuff I've heard. And I'm like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. And some people, I mean, there, there was one thing, uh, this guy, Matt Ranella has a brother. Uh, uh, Stephen Ranella is the meat eater guy. He has a brother yeah. who's a biologist, something like that, and he came out with this whole thing on a podcast and basically said how – you know, anyone who's on Instagram is a terrible person for a hunter and this and that. And there's too many hunters. I mean, he was saying stuff that was like so, I don't know, I'll call it arrogant, that it, it literally pissed off everyone who was listening to it. And it spawned like 20 other podcasts just ranting about what he said. So, you know, yeah. it's, it's all people. you got an avenue to say something about it. Then you go ahead. You say something about it. But when you don't have the avenue to do it, there's not much you can do. 
you know? So like, mm-hmm. that's just another reason. Like we use this to, to get stuff out to information out to people as, as you and I both do. And basically to, right. to relax. Cause I know when you and Stephanie do it, you're always relaxing. While you're doing this stuff. Yeah, man. I, 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 I think that's the thing that set us like apart from a lot of it. It was just that ours was two people having fun. And there's, yeah. there's so many archery things besides like uh, the only other podcast where I know that they, it is a nonstop mess around just conversation is the guys from Wobbly Arrow. Oh, yeah. They even haven't and done one in a long time either. They haven't done one in a while. It's something, um, Jay, something was going on with Jay and, uh, and his health and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, because we had made a joke one time with each other because it, um, Donnie had pointed it out to me, my buddy from Florida, because uh-huh. he listens to the Easton uh-huh. Uh, Target Archery podcast. Yeah, and they were talking about other archery podcasts, and they're like, "Yeah." And there's these two archery podcasts that curse a lot and fool around. And me and the guys from Wobby are like, "Ha, that's us," <laughs> you know. And I'm like, "Say it. You could say my name. I don't care. It's fine, you know." But it's, it, 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 I don't know. I think the whole community just needed yeah, people I, who are just exactly. average. I, I've seen a lot yeah. of people who normally would be putting out a podcast like every couple of weeks, every week, every month, have not been able to do it. I don't know why. Because if you check, yeah, John, yeah. D- John Dudley hasn't done anything since October or something like that. The Wobbly guys haven't done anything. You haven't done anything. I haven't done anything. Yep. A lot of podcasts that were very, very regular. I don't know if everyone's just have is- having issues at the end of the year or something like that. I know for the knock-on guys is because they're in the middle of hunting season and their hunting season goes through the end of December. So they got a lot going on. Plus, he's so involved with PSE now and everything he's doing. Who knows? You know when he'll be able to do another podcast again. But mm-hmm. life get, sometimes life gets in the way. You know. And yeah, I agree. One hundred percent. You got to you got to just let things shake out. And if you're able to do it again, great. If you're not able to do it again, you know people got to understand that. But fortunately, I think I'll be kicking around long enough so I can keep doing this for a while. Um, and we'll just see what happens from there. I personally like doing it more when I have guests on the show because my instructional stuff, yeah, I do that a lot. and You know, I rant and rave by myself a lot. Um, but when you get to talk to somebody else, you know, like the last guy I had on, the very last podcast I did was with this guy, Jason Sankowiak, who He's with the Traditional Outdoors podcast. And he's a, mm-hmm. you know, he's a trad shooter or whatever. But the, he does a podcast and he has YouTube. And between the two things that he does – the guy puts out so much content constantly. I don't know how he humanly does it and maintains a regular job at the same time. But oh his, yeah, his his backstory and everything that went on with him in losing his son and being like completely on, on the down and out, everyone else would have given up. And this guy just built himself back up into like this powerhouse that he is now. And he does it because this is what he loves to do, and he happens to be able to make money at doing what he likes to do which I think every person, if they could ever do that, would want to do that in a heartbeat. He's just actually turned it into a reality. But talking to him, you know, like he's he's very inspirational when he talks to you and everything. So when I had that podcast with him, and like I was kind of, on, you know, on, on, on the edge of ready to give up as it was anyway. That kept me going a little bit longer, you know, than other stuff happened. But now, you know, things go and there's waves and all that, and you, you get back to what you're doing. You got to get back to your shooting, and you'll come back to it on your own pace to do what you got to do. Yeah. You know, I, I'm getting better with it. I, I mean, and it, it's so strange because I mean, I mean, like me and you had the conversation. I've been shooting since I'm 14. I never really did the whole 3d or tournament thing until recently. Yeah. And I don't know. 
I can tell. Well, I shouldn't say I, I don't know. I know exactly what stopped us from doing the podcast, and I'll blatantly say the fact that I couldn't shoot made me spiral into being depressed like it was unreal. Mm -hmm. This was something I enjoyed doing two, three, four times a week, especially now that I got a backyard that I could throw (laughs) 65-yard bombs in. (laughs) And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, I get hit by a Freightliner holding 38,000 pounds of dog food. I drove up the back of a Cadillac shoving his trunk through his back window, and now I can't hold my bow up anymore. Holy shit. So I'll blatantly admit the last four months or so that we haven't done the podcast. Yeah. And, and like I said, people have mentioned going, Oh, maybe it's Steph. No, it, it was never a step. This was all on me. Yeah. Because it was like, I, I was sulking like a little child. Like I can't shoot my boat. This is such a bummer. Yeah. You know? And, and it, it's so pathetic. And now that finally, yeah, you know, the, the, the stuff that I, uh, I talked to Jack about would help me, you know, with the, the therapy style exercises and with the, the, the resistance bands and the advice I got from you, change my weight, set up on my stabilizer, you know, maybe change my draw length, make it longer so I'm not pinching the front of my shoulder anymore. Yep. All of this stuff has worked as of the last two, three weeks. Uh-huh. So this has been a four-month process to figure out, oh, snap, I finally am getting stronger for one because of all the work I've been doing. And the tweaks that have been done to the bow, I blew up three arrows in the last two days. <laughs> Victory VTAC 23s are not cheap. Yep. And I'm like, man. And at one point, like, ooh, I got another Robin Hood. Ah, ha, ha, ha. Oh, wait a minute. Damn, that was like 25 bucks. Jesus Christ. <laughs> you know, but so stuff is finally beginning to set pace now, which is good because South Carolina is going to open now for our, uh, our 3D season. Uh, next week is. Uh, the Kiwi Bowman, uh-huh. which will be nice. So always like their events. The only problem is this time I don't got my big Viking buddy with me. <laughs> so he uh, also had a spill at work. Really? Seems that uh, all of my friends are getting work-related injuries, and the uh, the trad wonder of South Carolina will not be by my side this week or next week, I should say, which is a, is a bummer because uh-huh. that uh, – that dude has definitely become my uh, my South Carolina brother of the bow down here with me. We are like uh, evil and Knievel when we go to uh, to these events. I would really like so. to get him and you on the same podcast because my traditional stuff that I do, I'm sure it would be a blast to talk to him about that stuff. It's uh, oh yeah, yeah. Arthur yeah. is like absolutely full of knowledge. Like he he had a student um, that actually came to one of the events for us. We went to a, a charity event the one time of right before my accident. And I can tell you within three months, he had this girl absolutely on fire, throwing like fantastic scores. Like within three months, full trad setup, she was probably shooting 270 indoor scores. Uh And just by the way, he trained, he trained her to, you know, for her form, that's going to work for her, the proper anchor, all of this stuff, you know, get out of your own head, you know, keep it fun, keep it light. This is not, you know, don't take it so serious. You're not a pro. Don't get stupid with it. Have fun with it because that's what's going to make you better. Yep. And he had her just absolutely annihilating targets. And she was became a really, really fantastic shot. Um. So, yeah, he, I mean, trad-wise, he's... He's an absolute animal. Oh, my God. I love shooting with him. He's the guy that will make a compound person that thinks they're a good shooter feel bad about themselves. 
Because like yeah, when I go yeah. down to the range and people see me with a trad bow down there and they're like, "What are you doing with a trad bow? You shoot compound." I'm like, "I also shoot trad and I've been shooting this thing since I'm like, you know, six, <laughs> something like that." Yeah, he's he's been trying his hardest to get me to pick up a trad bow again. I'm just like. And he's got this sexy, like, green, I think it's a bear that he's got at his house. He's like, bro, I'll sell it to you. Oh, yeah. I'll give it to you for a good price. And I'm like, oh, it's green. Oh, it's like kryptonite, my God. If you pick up something you know? like that, they're very, very addictive to do it, especially I know exactly which bear he's talking about. It's a little bit of a shorter shorter length bow, but once you get Yeah, I think it was like a 52. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Once you get shooting that sort of thing, it's, uh, yeah, you can't stop and. What I tell people is, you know, go out buy a Samic Sage. Of course, you like hundred bucks. It's a good, well-made bow. Start off with that. The same people I start mm-hmm. off with that. I start training them with it, and then all of a sudden they're like, because I got people come to me like, oh, I just want to learn how to shoot for fun. I'm like, sure. Who's saying you have to compete? Get this, whatever. And then the next thing I know, they're like, I got, I saw this bow. It's so beautiful. I'm like, you know, it's going to take them a year to make that bow. And of course, you're about two thousand dollars. I don't care. I want. Yeah. It. You know, they get so into it. I'm like, all right, whatever. You know it. It's it's something for everybody. Whether you shoot trad or you shoot, you know, compound doesn't make a difference. Um, Then everyone can do it. That's that's why you know I and and I got to tell you that there's one guy that the whole reason for coming back, the thing that really kind of set it in my mind that I had to do it. Although now that I'm talking to you, saying that all your friends that you know have been getting hurt is like, did you put the jinx on me? That's why I fell downstairs this morning. (laughs) God, I hope not. Oh my god! I hope not. Uh, maybe that is possible. I mean, people like pass the jinx around. I got hurt. Then Arthur got hurt. You fell down the stairs. I swear. I, like I said, Arthur's an amazing shot, trad wise. Every time we're together, he blows up arrows, and yeah. it's not like he skims them. He's straight as Robin Hood's arrows all the time. Twenty yards, no sights on his bow, straight, full blown trad guy. Yeah. I talk to him. I'm like, you know, checking up on him. Hey, how the surgery on the Lego? Blah 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 blah. Cool. Go outside. I'm feeling good. Shoulder feels nice that morning. I'm going to go outside, shoot the bow in the backyard. I got it. I have now, I think I have four targets in the backyard. I have, I have four bag targets. Uh-huh. And uh, I'm like, all right, 20 still good. I'm feeling fine. Do two rounds of 20, two rounds of 30. And I go right to 40. I'm like, all right, cool. And I let off two arrows. And I just hear the second arrow just blast the first one. I'm like, no way. <laughs> and sure as hell. 40 yards in the bullseye and I Robin Hood the arrow. And I'm like, this dude, and of course I have to take the photo, send it to Arthur Black. See, you jinxed me, bro. I talked to you just to see how you're doing and it cost me money. And I was like, you, you, you threw the Robin Hood jinx at me. He's like, ha ha, gotcha. Well, you, you know, know, I started I started coaching the kids again and stuff like that. And I had one guy who I would see at the outdoor range all the time. His name's Mike. And this guy only started shooting a couple months ago, whatever. He's one of these people who's like a serial purchaser. And, you know, I love the guy to death, but he if it's something that he sees that he likes it, he's going to buy it. You know, he's like, I got to have this bow. I got to have that bow, whatever. So his wife's like, you can't buy anything else because he's bought recurves, compounds, you name it, the whole bit. But he went and he bought, he bought a, uh, what was it, a prime, a prime target bow. And when he got it set up, whatever, it, it was shooting like complete garbage whatever so he's like well can you help me set it up so i said well you know how to do video stuff could you help me get started in a video he's like yeah so he comes down and the whole thing was to get his bow you know fix it whatever was wrong with it and then start doing the the video well he got he got to my place about 10 o'clock and i think that we were working on his bow until he's two <laughs> something like that wow because once i get started on this sort of thing 
you know, and then I see someone's eyes light up like he was really eating up everything, you know, soaking in all the knowledge of how to do this, that he had never seen anyone do this, and, and he'd gone to other shops and whatever. And I'm like, no, this is how it works. That kind of like got me really back to saying, no, I got to keep doing this, you know. So he he's pretty much responsible for a lot of it between him and the kids that, like, you got to start That's doing That's good, man. You know? I it, mean. It's what it is. And, there, there has been so many people that, you know, and it, it, I think a lot of people had got the hint, like you said before, about how you were sounding in the other. Yeah. And I was getting messages because everyone knows me and you were friends. And like, is Angel okay? I'm like, yes, Angel's hanging in there. Just, 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 just relax. You know, like he's a strong dude. He's stubborn. I'm like, I know he's stubborn. Like, so, you know, everyone's like, oh, you know, we're, we're hoping he comes back. And, and, and I mean, it, it really is. It's, it's wild how people just want. Yeah. to hear what you got to say. But, I mean, it, because you do, you have your technical sections that you've done and you've had, of course, the don't be that guy, you know, <laughs> yeah. section. Yeah. But I will literally have people like staring at their phones like, what's, you, what's it going to be about this time? This is going to be great. <laughs> you know? Yeah, so like we... we and everyone knows it's going to be a good one because as soon as they hear you to say the word asshat, it's over. <laughs> you're you're going to go on a rant for 20 minutes about one schmuck and I'm like, this is awesome. <laughs> Speaking of asshats, uh, yeah, like yeah, yeah, t- today wasn't that crazy, but um, like I can't end any end any episode without the "don't be that guy" thing. You know that. So today's "don't be that guy" goes out. Now that you say that word, goes out to the asshats out there who overcharge people for the simplest little thing. And say, this is what you're supposed to do. For real. I had a guy call me. He's like, I went into an archery range, which shall remain nameless. Everyone probably knows where I'm talking about. It's here in New York City. He walks in there and he says, I need to get my peep installed. Okay. You need to get your peep installed. That's cool. No problem. Um, They put in the peep. Well, they sold, They made him buy a peep from them. That's, he came to them with a peep already. They made him buy a peep from them. Strike one. They put in the peep for him. Strike two. Because whoever was doing it, I think it was Spider-Man. There was so much uh, thread on this thing. They didn't even know what they were doing. Um, mm. Strike three, it's crooked. And strike four, <laughs> if there could ever be a strike four, um, they charged him $40 to install the peep. So wow, he bought wait, it from wait, them. on top of purchasing one. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Wow. Okay. So oh my they, God. they made him buy a Hamski peep. Okay. They made him buy a Raptor. Now, I think you can get these things on Lancaster for like twenty bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Charge him twenty nine dollars for the Raptor and forty dollars to install it. So this poor guy wound up spending almost eighty dollars to get a peep installed, and it was crooked. So Whoa. Th- this is what I'm talking about. This is that guy that you have to look out for because all he said to him was, no, that's that's how this works. You buy it, you pay for the install, and you're done. And because he had no other choice and he actually didn't know any better, he paid it. So people like that, you got to avoid. And those are the guys yeah. that give archery shops a bad name. Seriously. First, he doesn't. He overcharges him. 
If you buy something from me, I install it for free. No. You bought it from mm-hmm. him. He charged you $40 to put it in. How long does it take you to put in a peep site? And on top of everything else, he says it took him about 20, 25 minutes to install a peep site. I'm like, was that all in tying? Because the guy put like 100 knots on this thing. He's like, no, no. It was like Why did it take that long? I don't know. But he said that he was having a hard time fumbling in it, and he took it in the back into another press to put it back there. I'm like, you know, you don't have a complicated bow. You're doing this. You have a PSE Stinger of all things, and you just put uh, – it costs you a quarter of the price of the bow to put on a peep, which is kind of crazy. Whatever. Yeah. But this is these are the people who make us all look bad. And to say mm-hmm. out there, these people, to say out there, this is how it works. These are the guys that I want to take my right foot, which is very swollen up right now from being slammed into a wall, and I would like to insert it into their rear ends and break it off. But, like I said, Jeez. these are the guys to look out for. So that's who this don't be that guy goes to. The asshats who do this on a day-in and day-out basis and think they're all in the right to do it. And... No matter where you go, you're always going to find somebody like this. It's just that it happens to be this is so common over there because I've heard other stories of this place. Um, it's ridiculous. But I'm sure it goes on in other shops around the country too. It's just that we don't hear about it. But uh, it's one of those things that happens. And not for nothing, it's not all about money. I get it. You want to keep the lights on and all that. But you don't outwardly just rip somebody off. That just pisses me off to no end. Uh, chaps my ass, burn my biscuit, whatever you want to call it. That's what that does. Mm-hmm. These people need to go. They do it all the time. And what really the biggest mystery to me, and I really don't get it and it makes me fume, is that people keep going back. So either they don't know any better or they love punishment. I don't know what the deal is. But if you were to buy a bow from that place, you're not walking out of there spending anything less than four grand. So, and that's for a hunting setup, not even a target setup. And yet oh my God. they still do it. So, you know, that, that's why now I have to enhance my calm a little bit because the more I think about it, the more my high blood pressure is going to go up and my foot's going to blow up from, from all the swelling and all that. It's just going to be bad. So, yes, enhance my calm. There we go. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so <laughs> these kind of people, this is what they do. Ah, we can't have any more of this, really. And if someone can listen to this podcast and and learn something, learn how to do it on their own, great. If they can listen to you and Steph and be like, you know, that doesn't sound right. These people are crazy. Then maybe that will mm-hmm. them off. I don't know. But it's a crazy world enough as it is. Politically, you name it, everything. And I don't get political, though we all know how I feel about things. Um, it, it's just insane. Oh, good thing we don't have Steph on here then. <laughs> Oh, my God. I can only imagine what she'd be That's saying. That's radar. We're like, politics? Politics? What? <laughs> I, I, I mean, they everybody's got these COVID vaccination cards you're supposed to have. Even, even I have one in a whole bit, whether how, how you feel about it and all that. But we're going to have to come up with an archery you know, knowledge card saying you're certified to actually do things in archery and not to rip people off. Because unless someone shows you that card, don't buy anything from them. It's going to have to be something mm. like that because, seriously, this is going on so much. There are that small percentage of people who do the right thing, and then you have that gigantic percentage of people who rely on the one and done. Like, you come into me one time, I rip you off, I don't care if I ever see you again. And they get by them, mm-hmm. and you, you've probably seen them too. I know your shop doesn't have that problem, but there's other ones that do, 
they do that sort of thing, and it's just reputation. You live and die on your own reputation, and that's it. That's the end of the story. But uh, yeah, and uh, now see, like down here, I've never seen that. Like, if you brought a product in from outside, yeah, you know, they'll charge a ten bucks yeah. to install a peep or something down here. Forty dollars. If you bought it from them, it's yeah. on them. Yeah, that's it. You, you bought a Hamski Raptor from Saluda or, or Archery Shack or what? Any of the guys down here that I know, you buy it from them, it goes on your bow, no problem. Up, oh, it's not lined up. They'll put your bow real quick in the press, give the the cable a spin, doop, done. You're out the door with a straight yeah, peak. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, to charge someone a a fee of forty dollars on top of purchasing it is absurd, especially considering that the install fee was twice what the product itself cost. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. Maybe you can make a connection with me and those guys at Archery Shack because they sound like a like a pip to talk to, too. <laughs> they, they sound like a friendly little Yeah, yeah. There. Jeremy and TJ are, are, are very, very cool people. Uh, definitely like talking to those guys. Uh, I mean, everybody down here is so friendly. So it's like a different world when you really come down here. Yeah. Um, like, people down here can be so nice, it's almost annoying. <laughs> you know, especially like me, you know, growing up in the Bronx and everything like that. And I got so used to it now, like talking to you, you're from New York. So now I probably sound like I'm completely New Yorker again, because yeah. this is what happens when uh-huh. I talk to people from up north. But when I'm down here with, with all my friends and everyone I know down here at the competitions, I probably sound like a half New York redneck <laughs> because I've become so accustomed I've never heard sir or ma'am come out of my mouth as much as it does now that I've been living down here for almost a half a decade now. Yeah. It, it, it's amazing how how things work down here. <laughs> I mean, it, it'll literally completely transform you. <laughs> but, you know, but no, no, the guys from Archery Shack are super, super cool. Uh, you know, all the guys from Saluda. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't really have many complaints. I mean, now, they seem like good guys. I've seen their podcast before. I've I've seen like their video YouTube videos and stuff. They all seem like cool people. So you know you're, you're fortunate mm-hmm. to have those those types down there. Like we're up in New York, and it is what it is up here. But uh, I gotta tell you, but I, I'll tell you, getting back together with you on the phone's been a, been a blast. Of course, um, absolutely. I, I, I love doing this. You know, I'm going to have to uh, get some bottles of Terramana sent over to Stephanie. So maybe her eyes won't hurt her as much. Oh, no, please. No, no. She's, <laughs> she's doing the seven. The, what the hell is it called? The 75 hard right now. What the hell is that? <laughs> no, no alcohol for 75 days. You have to be on a certain diet every day. You have to exercise every day. You have to go outside and do some sort of activity for 15 uh-huh. minutes or 30 minutes every day. There's it, like a whole list of things. And it's just so that you, realize how much you can get done in a day uh-huh. and be productive and also, you know, health wise, get better and whatnot. So yeah, don't send her any tequila. No, 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 no. 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 We'll, we'll have no that for her. No, <laughs> no, it'll be just, no, good. no, no. It'll be good enough to get her on another podcast soon. Then <laughs> that'll work. Yeah. But, yeah she'll, but we she'll, she'll come on no matter what. She don't care. As long as she's not feeling like she does yeah. now recovering from this LASIK procedure. Yeah. Uh-huh. She'd be fine. But we'll, we'll, uh, we'll do it on your side of things. This way we can have the Jekyll and Hyde side of me come out because, you know, I'm very, very oh, <laughs> reserved. <laughs> very reserved yes. and stuff like that. I'll have video clips that I can just look at and it's like, look at this video on YouTube and it'll be involving certain people who we've known before and, yeah, all the stuff that they say that generally We'll do, a, we'll do a, a, an uncensored, yeah, don't uncensored. be that guy set in oh, segment yes. and the whole time I'll just spam you photos of Outdoor Alley. <laughs> it'll just set you in a rage like, ah, oh, goddammit, no. 
Oh, that that'll that'll make, that, that'll make me really want to break stuff. Stuff. I'll tell you that. <laughs> All right. So, like I said, it's it's been a blast. Um, I'm going to get this one wrapped up. Just stay on the line for a second. Uh, so to all the listeners out there, we'd like to thank you for listening to this one. Uh, hope it's been as much fun for you. We are back now, and we'll continue to put stuff out there. Look for us on YouTube. It's youtube.com slash highpowerarchery. You're going to see some videos coming up on there. You're actually going to see a video with me on it explaining what's been going on. For all those of you with small children, we apologize in advance for frightening them when they see what I really look like. So too much of that. Anyway, um, you can visit us at highpowerarchery.com. Send us an email to highpowerarchery at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram. Send us an email anytime you have a question. We're happy to answer them. Through all this, yes, I've still been answering questions. Uh, So as I always say, it's never goodbyes until we meet again. See you next time. And thanks for listening.